2: Please clap. It it's time for the Mike Madison Show, a new breed of conservative talk. Now, here's your host, Mike Madison. Woo!
1: All right, good morning. Welcome to the Mike Madison Show here at 103.9 WYAB. Uh, I'm on the road a lot these days. The Last couple of months, I've spent time in Texas and Illinois and Wisconsin. So WYAB has allowed me to do some pre-recorded shows uh, for my two hours a week on Monday. Excuse me, on Wednesdays and Thursdays from nine to ten o'clock. Sometimes I pre-record these shows when I'm not in town, which is quite often these days. Uh, but I, this does give me somewhat of an opportunity. I've always had a show. Originally, it was from 9 to 11 uh, weekdays. Now it's from 9 to 10 on Wednesdays and Thursdays. It does give me opportunity in pre-recording shows to have people on. If there's anybody out there who feels strongly that they disagree with me on anything, I'm open to debate on this show from time to time. And because I can pre-record it, then I can record shows on a Monday or a Tuesday night, something like that. Uh, And it gave me some opportunity to speak to some people. And I know I'm different on conservative media. The the stuff that people typically consume on conservative media disagrees with me on a whole lot of things. And if any of you feel passionate about some of these things, you think I'm wrong. Many people have run away (laughs) from my show. I I know this. They've let me know. And that's fine. Different strokes and all. But if you disagree with me on some of these things, I'd love to have you on sometime. I, I am looking for somebody who has, you know, got their wits about them. Somebody who can have a debate without hating the other person or screaming. Somebody who will listen to a good back and forth. I think I'm good at hearing what people say and then on the fly explaining my position. But if you disagree with me on the drug war, if you disagree with me on foreign wars or policies or taxes, I would love to have a socialist call in, and we'll do it. We'll have the entire hour. It's only about forty-two minutes of airtime, so it's not a not a whole lot it goes by very quickly. For those who have ever come on my show, they're always amazed how quickly an hour goes by. But I'd love to have a socialist on here. If there's somebody who believes the Republican Party is salvageable. And then I should just get back on the team and fight for the Republicans in this. I'm happy to have you Han. Or if there's anybody out there who is on the side of the Russia hysteria, firmly entrenched in the Ukraine camp, and you believe that I'm un-American or I'm an evil man for what you believe is siding, air quotes here in the studio, siding with Putin. Anyway, if you'd like to do that, you can always email me, MikeMadison at WIAB.com, and we can give a run at it. I'm happy to do it. Uh, I enjoy debates. I enjoy talking to anybody at any time about anything. I think it's intellectually stimulating. This show, the beginning to this show, is actually a follow-up from yesterday's show. If you did not hear yesterday's show and the anguished cries of an American soldier yesterday then I really, really suggest you check out the podcast. I, I really don't mention my podcast that often. I'm not special or important, but the soldier in yesterday's show is important. He should guide you in every voting decision you make for the rest of your life. And you can find this show podcast on a whole bunch of different platforms. I post it uh, on podbean.com. It is the Mike Madison Show. It also appears on Apple Podcasts, and I think it's on a whole host of other different podcast things. I don't even know where all it goes, but it's out there. Just do a search for The Mike Madison Show, and you can get the podcast and check out yesterday's show. So after recording yesterday's show, these are both pre-recorded, I ran across this. And this will be my long quote of the day. Again, it follows up up with uh, yesterday's show. You know, at first, when I saw this, I wished I had seen this and included it in yesterday's show. But it's a blessing that I saw it after I recorded the show for yesterday so I can bring this topic into today. This is a topic when it comes to what our soldiers go through, what the psychopaths in Washington, D.C. have forced our troops into. I think this is a topic we should be confronted with every single day until we change, until we wrap our minds. See, you can tell somebody something and they can be they can be open to it or be shocked by it or think, wow, but the problem I've seen so many times, it doesn't matter what you say to people, even the impact it has at that moment, they are so ready to go back and join their tribe the very next day. One night of sleep, a little bit of propaganda, a little bit of uh, distraction, and they really forget how they were touched by something that you said before. It takes. It, it's like I've mentioned this many times. It's like pushing over a soda machine. You can't just run up and shove it all over. You got to tip it and then it rocks back a little bit. Then you push it again. You get a little bit more and it rocks back a little bit. You know what I mean? It's got to go back and forth and back and forth until you can finally get the momentum to push it over on its side. This may be one of those topics, but I think it's incredibly important. We need to keep pushing it. Uh, Here's one quick quote of the day to consider as you listen to the main quote of the day, and this was by Tolstoy. I ask you to, to think about this one first. Everyone thinks of changing the world, but no one thinks of changing himself. Tolstoy said, everyone thinks of changing the world, but no one thinks of changing himself. Uh, Nothing's going to change in the world until we truly change. Until we really understand and get a thought process, legs under us on these kinds of things. You know, I'm anti-war, and most people would reactionarily say, well, yeah, I mean, I don't like war, but a politician can talk me into it because they'll tell me uh, uh, we're all threatened by Saddam Hussein, Bashar al-Assad, Muammar Gaddafi, the Mullahs in Iran, the uh, President Xi in China, Vladimir Putin. Because you haven't really internalized, you don't really have a thought process behind it. And so it takes a little bit of doing that to get your legs under you. Uh, yesterday's show, I would hope would do that because it was... Uh, I've done seven years of saying... To support our troops, in my opinion, and, and I'm on an island with this. I don't know if I've ever heard anyone really put it this way, and I'm not trying to make that like I'm something special. It's common sense to me. It's logic. When I say I support the troops, I mean I will never, ever vote for a politician, a Roger Wicker, a Michael Guest, a Donald Trump, a Joe Biden, a Barack Obama, a George W. Bush, a Thad Cochran. I will not vote for a single politician that uses our troops as pawns in corporate wars, wars of pipelines and power and profit. I will never do it. So yesterday, the incredibly sad clip of that soldier who has been broken, Been broken in these wars, crying out for help on the side of a road. This follows up on this. As I say, I ran across this after that show, but it was just stunning. I want you to listen to this. This is from someone uh, named Lucas Gage. Lucas Gage. And if you look at this, it came out in a tweet. He's got a picture of himself in his Marines uh, uniform. He's he's one of these Joe America dudes, strong jaw, got his press uniform on. Looks like he's posing at home. His parents must have been so proud to see this man accomplish what he accomplished by joining the United States Marines. Let me tell you what Lucas Gage says now, and here's my quote of the day. Lucas Gage says this, quote, Joining the Marines was the worst decision I've ever made in my life. Thankfully, I didn't kill anyone during my two deployments, But I did see a lot of people die, and I almost got blown up by an IED while in a convoy. When I got home and learned the truth, it took me years to get over being lied to. But my father told me my heart was in the right place, and none of us could have possibly known the truth. We all believed we were fighting to protect America and save the Iraqi people. Even after I left the service, I didn't know I was blanked up. I didn't realize I had PTSD and other issues from the war. You don't go to hell and come back normal, but we were always told to deal with it like Marines, to walk it off and keep pushing. But returning to my civilian life was not the same. It seemed like no matter what I tried to do, I lost interest. The small talk I didn't care for. I became cold and disconnected. I engaged in risky behavior. I needed to feel more than just a normie. I was a warrior. The hell do I care about how uh, your day at work went or how you took your dog to the park? The disconnection eventually turned into depression. Nothing could satisfy me. No drugs, no women, no gambling, no nothing. Why couldn't I just fit in like everyone else? Why couldn't I just go back to who I used to be? My PTSD only got worse. Of course, learning more about our nation's treacherous history or how the world really worked didn't help either. Ironically, and this is uh, I'm going to continue to read this, it's a, it's a bit of a passage here, but worth reading. He says, he goes on, ironically, the worst choice in my life also turned out to be one of the biggest blessings in disguise. Because of my PTSD, I was able to get compensation benefits, which allowed me to find it be financially secure. Sounds nice. But of course, I had to pay a heavy price. I had to put my life on the line. I doubt any one of you would trade places with me or any of us to get them. These benefits allowed me to get myself straightened out, buy a house, have a family, and raise my children. It also gave me the ability to speak without fear of being fired. And with this ability, I felt obligated to once again do my part as a patriot and fight for my country. He goes on to say, Although the war is over, I am not done fighting. Our real enemies are not out there in some foreign land. They are right here in D.C. And I will admit, sometimes it is very hard to keep pushing forward, thinking there is no hope, being black-pilled because the people are too scared or complacent. But I continue to do what I can to expose the parasite class that sent me and my friends to hell, to avenge those I lost, but also all the innocent people that died because of their lies, because it isn't in my nature to do so. There was a point I tried to quit. I even changed my name to start over, but there's no escaping my true nature. At the end of the day, I have a personal vendetta against these demons. And even though I could uh, vanish from the scene and go live my life without worry, I cannot have my peace until I do everything I can to help expose and destroy these monsters for what they have done to me and everyone else. Again, that is Lucas Gage. He was a Marine. He was sent to hell. He wanted to come back normal, but he couldn't. Because just like the uh, soldier that I uh, featured yesterday, they destroyed him. They destroyed his life. They destroyed his mind. They destroyed his interaction with people. And what's really sick is that he says he does have some financial security because Because, But they broke him, oh, they compensate him some. They throw a little bit of money. So the taxpayers, you pay for the wars. You pay to send the troops halfway around the world. And then when they break them by forcing them to do treacherous, evil things, you pay for that, too. You pay for their broken mentality. You pay for their disability. Again, that's Lucas Gage. He's a Marine, and he follows up on the soldier that I had on yesterday, That not on the show, but played the clip from where the man was just broken to the point of just sobbing on the side of the road because he's having to relive through the care that his, the VA is attempting to give him and the drugs they're putting him on that he has to relive with the new therapist. He has to retell the story, the horrors that he saw. This is American foreign policy i say it one more time. Tolstoy's quote of the day. Everyone thinks of changing the world, but no one thinks of changing himself. I'll tell you what, if these kinds of stories do not change you in your attitude towards the Roger Wickers, and I'm going to say it. The politicians that you love, some of the ones that are your true heroes, they're war criminals. Oh, maybe not the same wars as the other guy. But if they have sent hard troops around the world to defend Saudi Arabia, maybe, We've got 3,000 troops over there sent over the past few years, before the Biden administration, to protect the kingdom of Saudi Arabia. I really encourage people. I hope these things have had some impact on people. They've been timely for me. I'll tell you that right now. It's time we change ourselves. You're voting for war criminals And they're destroying some of the best and brightest among us. I'll be right back. You know, when it comes to conservative talk radio, I am probably constantly, by slow cuts and bruises, uh, committing professional suicide as far as a talk show host on conservative radio. Uh, WIB has been very supportive, even the other host, and we disagree on some things. Very supportive and friendly people. We can debate and discuss and disagree. We don't hate each other. It's fine. But I know for listeners, sometimes you turn into conservative talk radio and you hear this libertarian guy bashing what's going on with our military, bashing the drug war, bashing all these things. I, you know, it, it's to the point where I understand. I mean, I, I'm, as I say, maybe I am subconsciously trying to sabotage myself. Anybody wants to cancel me, you're welcome to. Um, but it's almost to the point where I'm almost targeting conservatives on this show. And it's not because I don't love you. This is This is a tough love show, I think. I I see the right waking up on so many things. You're so close. You're so close on so many things, but then so easily swayed by a politician or a personality to come out and say, no, but, well, we believe in small, limited government, except Ted Cruz is going to attack Bud Light using the government. We believe in small, limited government and freedom for all, except uh, Senator Kennedy is going to, he wants the military to go into Mexico now to fight the drug war, along with law enforcement. And what that would cost, you know, we, we, all this debt ceiling stuff. We spent eight trillion dollars in the Middle East, eight trillion dollars. We wouldn't be buttoned up against a thirty three trillion dollar debt ceiling, would we? If we were eight trillion behind from not fighting these wars. So it's, it's like all of these arguments, it's like everybody's so close, but they just can't get there. And And one of the things is, I mean, I got to tell you. It's why I do not pull my punches with the Republican Party. You want to know why? Because I will never forget how you rejected and marginalized one of the true freedom-loving statesmen of all of U.S. history and opted instead for John McCain and Mitt Romney. And I'm talking about Ron Paul. Now, I've told you don't fall in love with a politician. I come probably dangerously close to violating my own belief in that. Uh, when it comes to Ron Paul, but I'll tell you right now, Ron Paul changes his stripes and turns around and becomes a warmonger or becomes a big statist or wants to use the federal government to beat somebody up with. I'll turn on him in a heartbeat. I'm a jilted lover, suspicious, jealous, ready to turn on somebody. But it's it's funny, and I wanted to bring up a couple of clips I ran across the there have been for years after the Republicans destroyed and marginalized, along with the mainstream media, uh, Ron Paul in 2008 and 2012, starting after, particularly after the financial crisis that Ron Paul was warning about for forever. Ron Paul warns you about the wars. Ron Paul was doing clips, and even other conservative hosts have played these, from 1988, where he said the FBI is no good and needs to be abolished. 1988. And so there's always these trending videos of Ron Paul was right. And, and these are just about on every single topic you can imagine. And he was right. He was right. And he's still right. And conservatives will ignore him time and time again and then scream when it backfires on them again. And this is why I tough love conservatives on this radio show. But, I, you know, I people might get sick of me mentioning Ron Paul but certainly other politicians out there are named constantly. How many times have we heard the words Donald Trump? But I, I mentioned Ron Paul the same way I mentioned the founders. Because he's in that league. He's the most consistent man over 30 years. In a day and time when hypocrisy is the national pastime for most most people on both sides. So he doesn't change. But I ran across a couple of clips. I just thought was kind of interesting when you you hear this. This guy, WYEB, he's a libertarian. What does he know? Um, I just ran across a couple of these things. Uh, one of the people that's become, you know, somewhat of a darling for good for good reason is Joe Rogan. Joe Rogan went through COVID. He's been right on a ton of things. I don't agree with Joe Rogan and everything, but he'll sit and listen to people and have polite conversations, and and he'll expose corruption talk about it openly on a three-hour show, and his ratings just crush CNN and Fox News and MSNBC. It's absolutely wonderful. Uh, here's a few years ago, uh, Joe Rogan appeared on the Jay Leno show. Welcome Joe Rogan. Joe <laughs>
2: crazy. Yeah. I got it sent to me. Perfect timing.
1: He is wearing a Ron Paul t-shirt sitting next to Ron Paul, who was on the Jay Leno show right before him.
2: How you so obviously Ron Paul fan. Yeah. Huge. Yeah, huge yeah. Ron Paul fan. Honored, honored. And what do you like? Honored to be on the show. What is what part of his platform do you like? Every single thing that comes out of his mouth, I go, yeah, yeah. When he talks about the gold standard, when he talks about civil liberties, when he talks about everything he says, you know. Let me tell you, have you ever seen Fair Factor? Yeah, I'm the problem. See, you're the solution, I'm a part of the problem no, in this country. No, I haven't seen it, but i would be watching it from now on. Right, there you go! There you go! Okay. Ron Paul, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen, Come on! Yeah.
1: tis the season to go backstage let's go all right i'm here with joe rogan it's very cool to meet you i
2: got potato chips that's right right. (laughs) you're a big ron paul fan what did it mean to be out on stage with him today? it was huge it's crazy it was you know it was very strange i was a little nervous to be honest with you a little uh Apprehensive about it. He's the only one that makes any sense to me. Everybody else is just saying the same thing. They're just rearranging the order of the words, and it's it's the same rhetoric that I've heard for years and years. He's oh, yeah. the only one that really is proposing a real radical restructuring of the way we do things.
0: Definitely, and fear factors.
1: No, be- oh, so that's interesting. So Joe Joe Rogan was a huge Ron Paul fan. What, what's interesting to me, I was involved in the Ron Paul campaign. I've mentioned this before in two thousand and eight, uh, before Trump the big rallies, the big donors, were going to Ron Paul. Ron Paul was packing out college campuses, huge events at college campuses, huge uh, records for fundraising through his money bombs that he invented or his campaign invented. And to watch the Republican—this is why I'm hard on the Republican Party. It's one of the reasons, one of the many reasons, to watch the Republican Party marginalize him, pretend he didn't exist, ignore him, and choose instead Mitt Romney and John McCain. So I'm telling you, i got to be in my bonnet. But it wasn't just Joe Rogan. This was uh, 15 years ago during the Ron Paul Liberty Movement was going on. Another familiar voice you might recognize talking about Ron Paul. What makes you sympathetic to Ron Paul? If you could just comment on that. What is it that you, what, what gets you about Ron Paul? Why do you appreciate him? Ron Paul has zero
2: interest in telling other people what to do. He's just not interested in having command
1: over other human beings. He
2: sincerely wants people to make their own decisions. I don't agree with everything Ron Paul thinks. I don't agree with everything I think. But I don't think I've met 10 people in my entire life who can, who really can turn down the opportunity to control other people. You know, everybody says, oh, people should be free to do what they want, unless you're doing something that I don't care for.
1: Yeah, that that is. The great Tucker Carlson <laughs> Ask about Ron Paul. And he said, I don't agree with everything Ron Paul says. I got to tell you, I don't know there's anything I disagree with Ron Paul on. But that's okay with Tucker. At least he knew he was a genuine guy. So just I just thought these were kind of interesting blast from the past, pre-recorded show. I'm not talking about the headlines of the day today. So I thought I'd throw that in there. And if anybody cares, if anybody's interested, what Ron Paul is actually saying today uh, he had a segment that I'll just go ahead and bring out now about the uh e-verify that I've talked about a lot that it is the libertarians I mean it is the conservatives and Republicans selling you on e-verify a huge national database of who is and who is not allowed to work what could possibly go wrong This is uh, Ron Paul he has a podcast called The Liberty Report you might want to check out sometimes he's getting elderly it's really sad he really is he, he's elderly at this point but he's still sharp as a whip mentally. Uh, And this is them talking about E-Verify.
2: This is from Mises Wire. The new immigration bill is a Trojan horse for E-Verify and is a threat to all Americans.
1: If you listen to some conservatives and libertarians, and they might say, well, this bill is not all that bad. It's sort of curtailing some of the things the federal government's doing. And, And it's true. But that's not unusual that they'll put a few good things in and put the member of Congress in a bind. I can't vote against that. It's improving it here, but it's destroying it over here. They better look at the big picture and what it means. And this is a massive uh, surveillance system. And the federal government will be running running it for all kinds of reasons that they'll, they'll want to do.
2: Well, the bill is called the Border Security and Verification Act of 2023. And I believe Ryan said it's going to be on the floor this week. I haven't looked at the floor schedule this week. Uh, But as you say, Ryan points out that buried in the bill, among other things, that are probably not that awfully bad, is this nationwide e-verify mandate. And it's been around, and a few states have adopted it as states, but this will be nationwide. It'll be a nationwide database. What it means is that you have to prove to your employer that the federal government allows you to work. Now, a lot of Republicans and conservatives are opposite of your position on this because they say, we got to keep those illegals from their jobs. We can't let them work. Not realizing that it's not just illegals that are going to have to show their papers to work. It's every single American. And, you know, back when Norm and I and the rest were working on this, we talked about how many false positives and false negatives there were. Uh, you know, you could be trying to get a job and you you uh, enter your verification and you're rejected for for. Error, a government error reason, you may not get that job. A lot of Republicans and conservatives would say, Oh, Ron, you know, this is wrong. It's not going to go after a regular American, just after illegals. Well, these are the same people that said, Oh, Ron, the Patriot Act is only going to target terrorists. They're <laughs> not going to spy on us. It's never going to happen.
1: Yeah. So, it's, I just don't know when we learn our lesson. Don't know when we learn our lesson. Uh, let's see. I got enough time. Ooh, I'm going to run short here, but I'm going to go ahead and play this too. Just as a little kicker, Rand Paul. He's not his dad. I will say that. He's not his dad. He did terrible in the 2016 elections, uh, but uh, he would probably still be the best choice for the president of the United States right now. Um, Ron, uh, Rand Paul was on, and I don't know when this happened. He was on the Stephen Colbert show. <laughs> Stephen Colbert pretty bad, but I thought Rand Paul did a pretty good job of talking about what a libertarian is. What is a libertarian, how are they different than a Republican or a Democrat? In sort of general terms, Republicans haven't been very good with your personal privacy or your personal liberty, but Democrats haven't been very good with your economic liberty. They want all kinds of rules on business that interfere with the marketplace. Government on the Republican side has a government that wants to collect your phone records, be involved with what you do in your home. And libertarians say, you know what? They want to leave you the hell alone no matter what, whether it's your business or your private life. Well, yeah, so the libertarian motto is plotting to take over the world and leave you the hell alone. (laughs) All right, we are back. This is the Mike Madison Show, 103.9 WYAB. You can always reach me, Mike Madison, at WYAB.com. Even when I pre-record shows, I don't take any call-ins, obviously, but you can shout, shout out at, to me there. Uh, late quote of the day, because I wanted to get into a clip I've had for a couple of weeks, and ah, really I'm just going to throw a few things in the end of the show here. Um, this is a quote from the great Thomas Sowell. Thomas Sowell said, quote, it is amazing that people who think we cannot afford to pay for doctors, hospitals and medication somehow think that we can afford to pay for doctors, hospitals, medication and a government bureaucracy to administer it. And that's exactly right. This Medicare for all <laughs> health care has become so unaffordable that we need to tuck it all underneath a giant monstrosity of a government to administer it to us. That'll make it cheaper. Right, Mike? Again, the uh, floor is open to debate. If anybody wants to debate me on any of these things, that's certainly one of them there. Golly, I really do want to find a good socialist to go with. Uh, but this brings up the issue of taxes, and I've had this clip for a while. I heard it initially on the Stephen Utroska show. Uh, he's no longer with us. He's not dead. He's just gone on to other professional pursuits. Look, none of us are getting rich doing radio. Let me tell you that right now. And Stephen came in here and did a great show from six to seven o'clock in the morning, meaning he had to get up about four o'clock in the morning to get into the station to do his hour and then try to pursue. Anyway, he's on a project. But Stephen, great guy. I've had him on my show many times. Uh, But he played this clip one morning and it really chapped me. I got to tell you, it really got to me. And this is one of the reasons it gets to me is this is a Republican from Arizona, Representative Andy Biggs. Now, Andy Biggs is one of the better members of Congress. He's a member and might be the leader of the House Freedom Caucus. When you hear Freedom Caucus, these are your more libertarian-leaning people. They, they will never use the word libertarian because most conservatives have, have, uh, have been so brainwashed to think that it means something. Uh, you know, drug user, I don't, I don't know what people think about libertarians anymore. I keep hearing conservatives say, yeah, I've definitely gotten more libertarian, but they won't cross that line. I still got to stay in my tribe. I still got to support the team that can win. It's a weird thing to me. But anyway, Andy Biggs is a, a member or the leader of the House Freedom Caucus in Washington, D.C. So I would imagine I probably agree with, I don't know, if you're a Republican, even if you're libertarian lean in, you may get 70%. I might agree with you on. Maybe Andy Biggs may be one of the better ones. Maybe I agree with him on 80, 85%. Anyway, he's one of the better members of Congress. But he said this, and and I wanted to make sure that people always hear this one term when you hear Congress critters talking about the tax system. He's going to talk here about the fair tax. I'll talk about the fair tax after this clip.
0: The Fair Tax Act would repeal all federal, corporate, and individual income taxes, payroll taxes, self-employment taxes, capital gains taxes, death taxes, gift taxes, and replace them with a revenue-neutral consumption tax. You know what's so nice about a consumption tax is you choose whether you're going to pay it. You choose whether you're going to pay it because it's how you consume. We pay too much already in federal taxes, and under this administration, they're paying silent taxes they never voted for. Since this administration took over, Americans are paying nearly 15% more for goods and services due to the inflation tax. Look, I have introduced legislation, I know others have, have as well, to repeal the 16th Amendment to permanently abolish the federal income tax. This is a fantastic bill that you have. The fair... All right. A, a, a few things in there.
1: Uh, for you fair tax people out there, you flat tax people out there, you're slaves. Now, maybe you're the house slaves. You know what I mean? You don't want to have to fill out a 1040 and you don't want the IRS auditing you. You just want to make it super simple to pay your tribute up to Washington, D.C. For the life of me, I can't figure out what you're thinking. The goal should be to starve the beast. And, And I'm going to play this one more time. I'm going to play the very beginning of this clip again because there is a term that he uses in here. You will hear, and I'll highlight it. It's only about 12 seconds into this clip, so listen to this. Again, he's talking about the fair tax, and he talks about eliminating all of these taxes. Oh, it just sounds wonderful, doesn't it? Until he says this one term.
0: The Fair Tax Act would repeal all federal corporate and individual income taxes, payroll taxes, self-employment taxes, capital gains taxes, death taxes, gift taxes, and replace them with a revenue-neutral... Revenue-neutral. Do people understand what that means?
1: What Andy Biggs is telling you is we can get rid of all of these taxes, but the government will still collect as much as it does right now. Revenue-neutral means they're not going to collect any more from the fair tax. They're not going to collect any less from the fair tax. So the federal government... This monstrosity that has grown beyond constraint will still get its chunk of change. Why would anybody want that? Conservative? Libertarian? Freedom Caucus member? Why would you ever want the federal government? So let's just say the government right now collects $2 trillion in individual income tax. Add all the rest of the taxes he's talking about, $3 trillion. What he's saying when he says revenue neutral is, oh, the federal government's still going to get the $3 trillion. We're just going to do it a different way. And you'll get to choose whether or not you pay these taxes. Now, not to mention the fact that, I mean, look, I like something that's more voluntary for sure. And I definitely would love a repeal of the income tax in the IRS. No, absolutely no doubt about that. But I am not satisfied with a revenue neutral bill that still gives Washington, D.C. trillions of dollars of money pulled out of the private sector and put into a government that will waste it, that will steal from it, that will use it to beat us over the head. I don't want revenue neutral. I want an end of the federal income tax and a reduction, massive reduction in the size of government. This fair tax that all the House slaves want keeps the government the same size government doesn't have to sacrifice anything. I've mentioned it before, and it's probably a little off color. It's like being raped and saying, yeah, well, can I at least have a pillow underneath my head? <laughs> I mean, you know, you're still going to get there. i just, I'd like to be a little bit more comfortable. And He says in this clip, Andy Biggs says, Americans are already overtaxed, but a revenue neutral means the same amount of money is going to be pulled out of taxpayers' pockets. It's still going to be sent to Washington, D.C. So why in the world? So here's another one. If anybody wants to call up, we'll do a debate. If you're a fair tax or a flat tax person, I've only got real, really one question for you. We can debate it for an entire hour if you want to. If you can answer this one question, and, and maybe you'll convince me. Why do you want Washington, D.C. to get all of this money in the first place? I don't care how they take it. Through force like they do now? Jumping through hoops like filling out your tax form? IRS agents going door to door with automatic weapons? Or on a postcard? Or as just a part of every purchase? Why do you want trillions and trillions of dollars going to fund this federal government? I don't care what form it takes. Just answer that one question for me. I'll be right back. Dark, you can't
2: see the end. eyes cocked back. shotgun which can't defend. The rain then sends dripping acidic questions. Forcefully the power suggestion. Then with the eyes shut. Looking through the rust and rotten dust. A small spot of light floods the floor and pours over the rusted world and pretend and the eyes ease open and it's dark again. From the top to the bottom. Right the top, I At the core I forgot it.
1: All right, I've only got a couple of minutes left, but I wanted to go ahead and bring this up while we're talking about it. Uh, Vivek Ramaswamy, a lot of people are, he says some interesting things, interesting character, uh, running for a uh, Republican nomination for president. Um, he, he said this, though, It's I guess interesting, at least the guy's floating out something different. Uh, this is a... Uh, policy platform these guys says we're not a direct democracy we're a constitutional republic okay so good so so far so good we need to revive civic duty among young americans that's why i'm announcing my support for a constitutional amendment to raise the voting age from 18 to 25 but to still allow 18 year olds to vote if they either pass the same civics test required of immigrants to become naturalized citizens or else to perform six months of military (laughs) or first responder service we must be ambitious. I understand not everyone will like this proposal and that it will take persuasion to convince many of its merits. But I'm ready to take that on. OK, well, I think fewer people I think I think voting should be based on an IQ test personally. <laughs> I think that's maybe your only way out of this. But there are a lot of people with high IQs that are still wearing masks right now. So what do I know? The only thing I found kind of interesting about that is so let's say we do that. We take voting up to age twenty five. Look, I know 60-year-olds that aren't smart enough to really cast an intelligent ballot, but anyway, let's just say we take it up to 25. If you don't pass the civics test, and don't do your mandatory military or first responder service, uh, and you don't vote till you're 25, you still have to pay taxes? I thought there was no taxation without representation. I think it's a crime against humanity that we tax teenagers who go out and get their first job. And then Uncle Sam comes and takes his VIG, makes them fill out a tax form. It's, these kids didn't vote for these taxes. They didn't vote for the debt. They, they're really blameless in all of this. But the government reaches in. I mean, this, I, I know I started working at a W-2 job when I was 15, started having taxes withheld, money sent into the Social Security Ponzi scheme. So I'm just saying, if he gets this way, I got to tell you, if I was an 18-year-old, And I was given the choice to vote and pay taxes, or fail the civics test and pay no taxes. (laughs) That's not a tough decision for me. I'll just be a good old dummy, and I won't vote. Having a whole new sloth, uh, new group of people who pay taxes but they can't even vote for anybody. That's where this plan is missing a tad bit for me. That's all the time I got today. Gotta go. See you next week. Bye bye.
2: The sound here comes a, ready or not. How you like me now? I say we rap the sound. So, what you talking about? I'm not running out my mouth. I know this without a doubt. Cause if you know these streets, then these streets know you. And when it's time to handle business, then we know what to do. do. Me and my crew, we stay true. Old school and new. Many will call, but the chosen the few.